What makes you happy? It's a question I've put to Tiahikar guests over the past few months. Here's what they had to say. First up, teacher and revered painter Dr. Sandy Adset. Happiness. Mm. Well, for me, it's to be able to believe how you you know you attend to yourself and your family is one that has the least restrictions. I always say to the family, you know, when they're having arguments amongst themselves, I said, keep yourself uh, in a positive place. Don't go over the over the line. I said, I've seen too many of our families where they stop talking to each other for years. I said, you know, if you learn to appreciate your and you give to your own, and you you know uh, anything like that. You will feel good about it, and I think that you know it's something that is positive for others. I mean, painting obviously makes you happy. Not all the time. You can get stressed. You know, you can't work it out. I'll put it aside and come back. So, no. In in fact, I think the more stressed you can get over an art, uh, doing an artwork, the better you feel about the outcome because it works. If something is too easy to do, you know, and it's just rolling along, then something's wrong. And honestly, I say to the student, and I do it myself, I said, I'll throw a pot of paint at it because it forces me to then make the changes. I said, it forces me to do it because it's it's too paint by numbers. Everything is just, no, I said, this is automatic. I'm not learning anything. I'm not challenging anything, so... No. Dr. Sandy Edzit, thank you very much for your time. Tonight we're talking about happiness, what it looks like and how you interpret it. I also asked the same question to singer-songwriter Rhea Hall. Your style of happy, your version of happy changes as you grow and as you get older and what your priorities are. So I think for me it's just it was just about well and it is continuously about what are my priorities in life and just being really um, being pulled to those priorities so that it kind of manifests in all the other parts of my life. You're never going to be eternally happy but I think that there you can find a sense of contentment in life and that's kind of what I'm after more so is contentment being happy you know being morito, being sweet with my situation whatever it is. So when you go into a stressful situation, which your mahi would probably bring, yep. missing a flight, um, <laughs> getting your flights changed, yes. how do you enter that space of modi toe with such a high stressful, I'm, I'm assuming, job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a good question. Um, I think a lot of it is about putting yourself into an environment that you're comfortable in, like before a show or leading up to a show, it might be a day or two out or even an hour out. I I try to create an environment that's a relaxing one. So what I actually do is I take a travel candle. A travel candle? Yes. So a a little candle in a tin with a lid that I can travel with me so that I can light and it smells beautiful and that brings a sense of um, home. Oh, home, yeah. Yeah, and homeliness into the space. Um, And I make my band or whomever's with me enjoy that space too. I make (laughs) them, I'm like, I'm lighting the candle, guys. Artist Linda Munn. When my whanau are happy, when my people are happy, which is 
getting harder and harder. But every little, it's the simplest things in life that make us happy. Smile on my mokopuna's face when she has done something momentous. But having a full cupboard is happy. Making sure other people have kai is, I'm happy. But yeah, just simple, simple things in life. Nothing, yeah. Smiling, making sure our, our modi order is taken care of. And that's what we all attain for, but yeah, sun shining, I'm happy. Late last year, broadcaster, MC, and Toastmaster Kingy Biddle shared his thoughts. What makes us happy? You know, I think I, I think for me, it's about finding yourself. Hey, finding yourself in this morass, which is known as Te Ao Huri Huri, Te Ao Naku Naku. Know, to find yourself in, in this busy world because it's so easy to because it's so easy to be into the will of others you know the the, the kopapa of society uh, there are little intricacies which you know as yourself like me saying society mm, mm. and often people don't look at people shun upon that and you hide it away and yeah. you hide it away. Now I think you know there's the there's the, the happiness, the pursuit of the sun, or there's allowing that part of you that would just jump out and sing the happy song. As the government dubs this year's budget the well-being budget in this episode of Tiahika, and over the next few weeks we explore this notion of well-being, starting with happiness. Koe rā te nako o te kaupapa e heke mai nei. That's what's coming up in this edition of Tiahika. Ko Justine Murray ahau, ko au te kaiwhakarite mo tēnei hōtaka. Nā re re te iwi, no piki mai, no kake mai. Not for not, don't worry. Be happy. Dr. Waikare Moana Waitoki is a clinical psychologist who specialises in mental health and who works as a research officer in the Māori and Psychology Research Unit at the University of Waikato. She has spent most of her life in Hamilton. Her dad worked in forestry and later took up university study. Her mum looked after her and her six siblings for a time before she too became a student. Her teachers included Sir Timoti Karetu and the late John Rangiho. With parents who worked jobs, raised a family and pursued tertiary education, inevitably Waikare Moana would follow. The academic sat down for a chat with Tiahika about this notion of happiness. Uh, ko Waikare Moana Waitoki toki wingua no hauraki ahau, no Ngāti hako, me Ngāti mahanga. Pretty much I consider Kirikiriroa home. Yes. Uh, or really the Waikato. How, in, in your line of mahi, um, Waikare Moana, how do you define happiness from a, a clinical point of view? How would you describe it? Well, that's such an interesting question. Eh? And from what does clinical mean? What do I mean yeah, by clinical I when I wrote that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, I think, is where I look at that word happiness and I think, well, that would be that positive psychology, clinical kind of view. Not quite. It's, it's you know, there's the textbook view, there's the, the published literature, the internet view, the, the televised view, the online media view, um, and... I think for me, you know, the eat, pray, love view. And for me, those are complicated. They complicate things. 
there's the um, the retirement fund view, the Viagra view, um, <laughs> and I've said this to a colleague. I said, you know, happiness is not all about running on the beach with your white Labrador, um, having sex at the end of it all. Um, and because those are the images, you know, in terms of happiness and particularly for the retired generation is that's the view of happiness that's promoted to them. Retirement, living, running on the beach, still having sex and you've yeah. got a Labrador, um, a golden one. And, um, <laughs> and so when I think about happiness, mm. I think about flourishing. Um, so happiness and flourishing. And flourishing is where we are, so it's a big thing, so it's where you grow as a person and as a connected being. So it's your relational self. And there's quite a bit of work on, um, you know, happiness and and our relationality, but that's also just well-being and our relationality. So well-being is not just... Um, financial success, career success, X number of children, good relation, uh, good um, intimate relationships, and so on. Those are all very much part of it. But it's the happiness and well-being is, from my perspective, and and how I see it in terms of a Kopapa Māori perspective mm-hmm. is about our relationality. So how are we connected to others? Is it a good connection? Uh, is it a sustainable connection? Is it a connection that sustains our relationship with the environment? Is it equitable? Um, so can I be ridiculously wealthy and happy when others are living in cars? And so I think there's an ethic to happiness um, and it has to be... It has to include equity. So I would want, for me, happiness and flourishing to reflect my culture, mm. my tikanga, my knowledge, my language, my ability to be Māori in this world. Uh, so I can have a car and I can have all of those, the, the uh, individualistic versions of happiness, car, job, travel, all those things. But if I don't have my ideal, if I don't have um, my ability to connect to whenua, um, a a safe, clean environment, then it's it's not a legitimate, or I wonder whether legitimate's the right word, it's not a real... I don't even know if real is the right word, but it's not a connected happiness. You know, you can't just be a me in this. My kids are happy. My kids have got prizes. My kids are doing well. But actually, that child over there is living in a car. Yeah. And I drive by that on my way to dance lessons or something, Mm. Um, which is not knocking that because all those things form up part of flourishing and happiness. But um, how do I give back? to people who need that help. So is there a sense of responsibility, in a sense, to your whenua, to papatuanuku, to to other people? So is is that about kind of like sharing 
the happy your intrinsic happiness with others? Is that about and that interconnectedness? There is that, um, and but it, it has to be. I think yes, if your happiness isn't about feeling good because you've done something for someone else, it's yeah. the I am playing a part in this world. Um, that ensures that I don't just take, you know, that if I'm, that I'm giving as well. And it's, you know, we, I know we can only do so much, but if our, I think we're sold a myth of happiness and that it looks like certain things. It yes. looks like the car, it looks like the TV, it looks like the latest iPhone, the latest car, um, clothing. We need celebrations, but we don't need to be um, we don't need to be units in that where we are cons- buying and stressed out and working really long hours um, to kind of make everything happen on one day. And the and and you know really what does that contribute? So our happiness looks like what Christmas is meant to look like. Um, but this, the consequences of that are actually quite big. And because we've sold them this myth that celebrations, celebrations need to look a particular way, we drive to look uh, to fulfil that um, and overlook the consequences, which is, you know, the debt, um, the, the waste, the environmental damage, the inequity, um, and, you know... Just recently with uh, happiness and just recently with the Mighty Santa and I wanted to, I was thinking about happiness. Mm-hmm. Happiness is absence of things as well. And so it's absence of racism, it's absence of discrimination and inequity. You know, I looked at Māori Santa and I just, like, my heart went out to him. I saw the photo that they put out when they were, you know, blazing it across social yeah. media. Yeah. And I thought, I just love that man so much, you know. And and when you tag his photo with comments like, just leave a joint and some beer out, you know, that's the opposite of happiness on two points. So one is, if you carry that... For or that thought about saying something like that because you have this value system about Māori, then, you know, that space where happiness could reside. So kind of just like move on from trashing Māori all the time in a completely uneducated way um, that colonisation is responsible for, you know, having those views yes. and maintains. Mm. Just in terms of our whanaunga, um, to take that abuse is that so happiness is the absence of abuse um, and the absence of having to defend Māori all the time I'm happy to defend Māori all the time but I also am aware of the microaggressions and the outright aggressions that occur for Māori so flourishing is in a society that doesn't continuously kick Māori and then you have those who say well geez you guys need to do and it's you know the the, the deficit focus lens on Māori but mm. you know like just your your humanity like you don't have to treat people that way so that was just a minor thing an example of 
happiness, flourishing is the absence of certain things yes. that that just crack onto people and give them um, what is that? What would be another layer of stress that they don't need? Yeah. Today, Waikare Moana works as a bicultural director for the New Zealand Psychology Society, and her interests include mental health, cultural supervision, indigenous psychology, and research. Our conversation then turns to Kaupapa Māori, or Māori belief systems and knowledge, and how this interfaces with psychology. Kaupapa Māori inclusion in all parts of psychology, education and practice. So how does this work in the field of psychology? <laughs> Kaupapa Māori, te reo, you're doing te reo, yeah. can we? Because you are part of the New Zealand Psychological yeah. Society? Yes. yes. So I've been involved with the society for a few years now and, and I'm currently the president-elect. I'll take up that role in a couple of years. How tikanga kaupapa Māori plays out in psychology. So explain kaupapa Māori inclusion in all parts of education and practice. That is that is pretty much what I've been doing for a wee while. So mm-hmm. I walked into psychology, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I'm going to go off and I'll study psychology. And then for the first three years sort of sat there thinking, Where's the Māori? <laughs> at, We're the only Māori. How was your student at the um, time? Your at that student time, makeup, we you? had a an uh, I actually couldn't tell you the number mm. of Māori at that time. Um, so the first year Māori, a uh, first year psychology papers are usually quite big, um, and then they drop down. Right. Um, and I, I did, I just, I mean, I loved some of the psychology that I looked at. I thought, you know, the neuropsychology was pretty amazing. That, at that time, that, that version of happiness psychology was just out the gate. I thought, man, I don't know what planet you guys are on. Uh, that's pretty much the humanistic psychology, where, um, which is great, actually. And it's yeah. sort of... Um, has has some real real values, real benefits, but I just didn't see where Māori fit into that. Yeah. Um, and so, when I started psychology training as a psychologist, as a clinical psychologist, so you do three years undergraduate, then you do an honours um, degree, and then you do masters. And at about that time, you will go into clinical training or community psychology training, whichever the training programs you go into, and that's another three years. So it takes ages. Yeah. Most people don't realise just how long um, the psychology training is, between six, minimum of six years. And um, there were 12 Māori psychologists in the country at the time. And so really starting that questioning as to where's the Māori at, where are we at in this, mm. where's our mm. reo, where's our knowledge, where are we in this and how does this Western imported knowledge actually relate to our people? Yeah. Um, and then I finished my training, went into practice, and it was it's still the same. It's where is our Māori-ness in our psychology? Our people are here. Um, I would be in the wards and I'd turn a corner and I would there'd be a cousin. Um, and um, And people who I knew... And so I knew them in a different way to what they were experiencing in the wards. Mm. Um, and I couldn't actually make sense of it. I thought, well, how does that happen? 
you know, I'm a trained psychologist now and I've known you for such a long time. How was it now that you've got this major diagnosis? And, you know, we would have seen those things coming through. Um, and I have to qualify that, though, just because I said we would have seen those things. We also see a whole lot of things in our families that we sort of downplay, don't notice or yeah. accept. Yeah. Um, we don't pathologise as well. Mm, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Some things are, um, we, you know, we definitely know when some things need um, help. And, and so where does a kaupapa Māori clinical, uh, kaupapa Māori inclusion in all parts of psychology? That is from day one. Okay, so when you go into your standard 101 and 102 psychologies or 103 psychology, you have all the psychologies on offer. Mm. Māori has to be in there. It's absolutely got to be a non-negotiable position. Um, and as you go through, when you're working with people, it's where are Māori at? in the psychology. And so in terms of the education, the educators, so these are the lecturers, the researchers, um, the the material that you are uh, sourcing yes. has to have a Māori worldview. And that is not just we had Māori in the sample size, in the sample. So someone might have done some research that we draw on uh, and Māori were part of the participant group. Yeah. But their worldview is not included in the analysis or in the outcomes, the aspirations, the the the, the relevance right. of that research. Okay, it changes. I mean, it depends on the work that you use. But if we're importing our knowledge from overseas, which by and large we do, and we also import the the lecturers from overseas by and large, mm. and um, they don't learn about Māori overseas and need to, when they come here then have to learn about this you know the indigenous peoples um, and so my work has been to say you need to embed this not just mine there's, there's a whole group of us uh, you need to embed Mātauranga Māori across the curriculum um, and how that happens is you have students who are Māori because they are the consumers we want them in the workforce mm-hmm. You have research that's done by Māori or by Māori uh, and with, with Pākehā and with others. Um, the teaching material includes a Māori worldview mm-hmm. and it's not just lip service stuff. Um, so if we want to teach about happiness, we don't want to take the eat, pray, love version of happiness, right? Yeah. We don't want the, the Labrador on the beach version. We want a connected, real, informed um, marae informed mm. um, or urban it doesn't have to be the you know the traditional you know all the tangas yep. you have to see yourself as Māori in this not as the, a Māori that has been colonised um, but as but a Māori who and what I mean by Māori has been colonised is because particularly when I went through psychology um, I sort of just went, okay, this is all good. We can adapt this for Māori and make it biculturally, make it relevant. Yes. But that is that continues the colonisation. Yeah. It's we're adapting to we're the adapting. system of doing yeah. things just yeah. to fit in this yeah. particular. Yeah, and because I've been told that that's the right way. That whiteness and Pakehaness is the standard. 
that's the standard. And, and as long as we aspire to that, we'll live a good life. In general or in the world of psychology? In general. This is our society, our yes. New Zealand society, which has taught us that to be Māori is, um, you know, and I'm talking about um, through uh, the 70s going forward, mm. my experiences, mm. my mum's, and then in this real project yes. going forward, you know, where English was the bread language. Yeah. And you had to give up your Māori language in order to survive. So they said. And that has translated even now. So it's, it's, for me, it's everywhere. It's in our institution. So I can say to psychology, which I have been saying, your standards um, of teaching needs to change and it needs to be more reflective of a Māori worldview. Here's the material. Tēnā koe e Waikare Moana Waitoki, clinical psychologist and research officer at the Māori and Psychology Unit at the University of Waikato. And we heard earlier on in the show from Dr Sandy Adset, Rhea Hall, Kingi Biddle and Linda Munn. Kwera to tātou nei wahanga mō tēnei wiki Tiahika returns next Sunday where we'll be talking more about health and well-being in the forest on the outskirts of Rotorua with Chef Charles Royal. Nā reira e te whānau, he mihi nui tēnei kia koutou katoa, kua whakarongo pīkari mai ana ki tēnei o ngā hōtaka. Hoki mai hei tērā wiki, Māori 2, Māori ora. Here's a little song I wrote, you might want to sing it note for note, don't worry, be happy. Every life we have some trouble But when you worry you make it double Don't worry Be happy Don't worry, be happy now Don't worry Be happy Don't worry, be happy place to lay your head somebody came and took your bed don't worry be happy the landlord say your rent is late he may have to litigate don't worry <laughs> be happy look at me I'm happy Don't worry, be happy. I give you my phone number. When you worry, call me, I make you happy. Don't worry, be happy. Ain't got no cash, ain't got no style, ain't got no gal to make you smile, but don't worry, be happy, cause when you're worried your face will frown, and that will bring everybody down, so don't worry, be happy, don't worry, be happy now. Ooh, 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 ooh. 
Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't do it. Be happy. Put a smile on your face. Don't bring everybody down like this. Don't worry. It will soon pass, whatever it is. Don't worry. Be happy. Ooh, 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 ooh. 